The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 93, with Bangkok, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Hong Kong, and Seoul all on the list, Asia has five of the top 10 most visited cities in the world. Step up your game, North America. Only one. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is super tourist, Jason Moore. Mm. Yes, if you listen to one of our previous episodes, you will hear total geekdom at its finest. There may be segues involved, too, which is probably something that you never would have thought you would hear on this podcast and yeah we'll just leave it at that let's leave it at that we're not going to talk about the duck boat tours anymore either yeah well we are branding ourselves here kind of as super tourists because of the fact that we did another episode where we talked about the 14 super touristy but super awesome travel activities and today we're following that up by talking about super touristy destinations but destinations that we love anyway we don't care that it's touristy we're not getting on our high independent traveler horse here and saying we're going to go off the beaten path every time we travel no these are places that you've probably heard about that you know about that are super touristy and that we are going to say that we love so we are branding ourselves here as super tourists yeah, let's be fair, okay? I mean, I, I do a podcast at Zero to Travel. I talk about all the independent travel stuff, and I'm totally into the grassroots budget traveling thing. You obviously cover all of those things. We love to get local. We love to do the local thing and be a part of the culture and not do the regular thing. But on the flip side, we do like to get a little geeky sometimes. We're goofy guys. And let's just admit it. Traveling is fun. And sometimes when you're just out there doing touristy stuff. And again, I, I don't know why I keep using air quotes during well, podcast it feels trap. Nobody it, can see me. <laughs> Nobody can see it. It feels weird because we, so long we've had this discussion between like traveler versus tourist. And everyone says, I don't want to be a tourist. I'm not a tourist. I'm not like that herd of people coming through on a bus that are tourists. But sometimes stuff is cool and popular with tourists because it is cool, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I will proudly wear that tourist badge when those times arise and it makes sense. Yeah. So if you guys want to know the geeky, touristy, nerdy activities we do when we're traveling, like we said, we've already done that episode. You can find that at extrapackofpants.com slash tourist nerds, but also on iTunes. Download. That was a super fun episode. We're hoping to recreate that magic here, guys. And we're going to give you the places that to us are very touristy, but that we love. And you know, I don't know what's on Jason's list. As always, when we do this, we don't talk about it beforehand. So I have no idea the places that he's going to mention. All of the places that I'm going to mention, I've been to. Is that the same case with you, Jace? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, everything on the list is of are places that I have set foot and totally got geeky and touristy. Okay, and so let us know if you guys have places like that. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash touristy. Drop it in the show notes. We're not the only geeky, nerdy tourists out there. I know that. I know some of you who email me. You're just as nerdy as mm -hmm. us. Don't hide behind mm -hmm. that veil of supremacy. We're all geeky, nerdy tourists. So let's just dive then right in to these tourist destinations, we're going to count down. So our number one is going to be the kind of most touristy, but best place that we've been type thing like that. So before we start though, Jace, of course, we've got some honorable mentions, right? Yeah. Honorable mentions could go on and on. You know what? My honorable mention, can I throw one out there now, Trev? Yeah. Yeah. Throw them out there. It's, I've got three. So if you only have one, man, okay. you're ahead of the curve. No, I'm going to just throw out one. And this, this doesn't actually even go into the category of that awesome really i'm not in love with this place but you can't have this podcast about touristy destinations 
without throwing in the ultimate touristy destination, Las Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Vegas. I don't love Vegas. It's not like a place I die to go or want to catch a cheap flight to and go all the time. But it's got its certain charms. And let's face it, when you're in Las Vegas, you are in the tourist mecca of the world, I think. The capital of tourism right there. You cannot be there and not be a tourist between the buffets, the walking around the strip with the giant drinks, the gambling, all the absurdity and the nonsense. It's just, it's Vegas. What are you going to do? It's It's a city built in the desert specifically for tourism. That's it. Exactly. So tourism slash debauchery. It's not my favorite place in the world, but I, I needed to put it on there. I didn't even think of Las Vegas. As you were saying that, I don't know if this is on your list, so I don't want to ruin it, but I was thinking you were going to go with Walt Disney World, which, talk mm. about a mecca of tourism. Not on my list. We'll throw that as an honorable mention. I have three kind of honorable mentions, places I really do love that might not be touristy enough to make the actual list. One is Santiago de Compostela, so it's the end of the Camino. So if you listen to any of the episodes I did with my sister, which which were really fun episodes, she lives in Santiago, and it's the end of the Camino. So pilgrims walk and they get there. So it has become much, much more touristy over the last 10 years, but a really, really cool city. And the chance to walk the Camino, no matter how touristy it is, I think is a, a really cool experience. I have not walked the Camino, but I have been to Santiago and seen pilgrims come in. So getting touristy, but still an awesome place. Another honorable mention for me was Bali. And I think it's more, way more touristy with Aussie bros who come over, you know, up from Australia because it's close to them. And that's kind of like their beach scene, their party scene. So you go there and it's basically filled with Aussie bros and eat, pray, love readers. And um, so super touristy, not not to Americans, really. A lot of Americans still like they hear Bali, they think it's kind of remote and removed because it's very far from us. But when you get there, you see it's very, very touristy, but it's awesome. Bali rules. There's a reason people go there. It's because the beaches are sweet. The food is great. It's cheap. So Bali, my honorable mention, because of the fact that in America, it's not really considered that touristy. When we do our Australian edition of this podcast, that'll bump way up the list though, Jace. Yeah, that's true. You have to think, depending on what part of the world you're in, obviously those more touristy destinations are closer to those spots. I never really realized that when I was younger until I started traveling that some parts of like Southeast Asia, like you said, Bali or Thailand are more touristy to like Europeans, for example, because it's just like them flying, like us going to the Caribbean or something from the States. So it is interesting you put it on there because it's a place I want to visit, Bali, yet haven't gone. And I knew it was a very popular, but I haven't thought of it as super touristy. So I'm, I'm really interested that it's on the list. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's touristy, uh, depending when you go to, obviously, if you go during seasons when Aussie bros, I hope I'm doing that cool because I've done it like four <laughs> times. It might sound really bad. But when they can be there, like spring break for them, I don't even yeah, know if they okay. do that or summer, stuff mm-hmm. like that for them there'll be a lot more people there. My last one, and I love doing this. I actually just did this for the first time. I'm going to say like four years ago. This is domestic US. And that is the Statue of Liberty slash Ellis Island. I mean, super touristy, Mm -hmm. obviously. You have to wait in super long line to get on the boat, like two hours. Very, very touristy, but a very, very cool experience. The Statue of Liberty is really cool to see from the boat. It's really cool to be under and realize how big it is. And Ellis Island, we got there a little late, so we didn't get to walk around as much as I wanted. We only spent about an hour there. But just the history and the idea of that so many people from America came through that one part of the country, really, really cool spot. I loved it. So very touristy, but a really neat thing that I think anyone should do. And I didn't take advantage of and had never done until I was you know, in my mid-20s. So those are my three honorable mentions, Santiago de Compostela, Bali, and the Statue of Liberty slash Ellis Island. No Disney for you either. No, I mean, that's super touristy. I don't love Disney World. There's like a million. If you search travel podcasts on iTunes, which I'm sure you've done since you have I a know. Podcast, it's all Disney podcasts. So we don't got to give Disney <laughs> any know. love. Oh my gosh. I, I can't believe it's I it's so funny, dude. I I just did that the other day and it was just I was I actually said to my wife, "Oh my god. This is like all of these are Disney podcasts. Why are these Disney podcasts so popular?" Little known fact, Trav, I used to work at Disney for a summer. I was a custodial host, which <laughs> meant Disney. I swept up cigarette butts <laughs> and trash 
all over Epcot Center. And you know what? It was a great way to explore the world because at Epcot Center, they have like 11 different countries that you can travel to within, you know, just a couple hours. Maybe so that should be a cheap to- travel trick, man. How to go to 11 countries yeah. for a one park <laughs> hopper pass. If somebody hasn't done that episode on one of those 9,000 Disney podcasts, then you know we need, we need to become consultants or something for, for all those hosts. For sure. For sure. Let's dip into our real list now. We're, we're each going to give you seven. Again, there might be some overlap. We don't know what each other is going to say. So start us off, Jace, with your number seven tourist destination. That's very touristy, but it's awesome. California. The state of California, man. It's, Just as a whole. It's, well, you know, think California and, and anybody that's coming even from out of the states or within the states. If you haven't traveled a ton or just, it, it is a destination. I mean, you're not saying, oh, I'm going to, you're going to Los Angeles. You're going to San Diego. If you think like people say they're going to Chicago, they don't say they're going to Illinois. They say they're going to Chicago. But when you're going to California, no matter where you're going, where are you going? I'm going to California. And then you I'm say going to Cali. You're going to Cali. There's songs about it. One of my favorite hip hop songs with Dre and uh, Tupac, California Love. I was listening to that the other day. California has got so much awesome stuff. And yeah, there's parts of it that are super touristy. But obviously, we're talking about a whole giant, very diverse state that has everything from the one of the hottest places on the planet, if not the hottest, Death Valley, all the way up to snowy mountain peaks you've got beach you've got snowboarding surfing biking uh beautiful redwood forests national parks it's just a very diverse state it's just got everything to offer and and i could have been number one on the list to be honest but i had to kick off the list somewhere california california yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly i i love california it's a great state but yeah it's you made a good point people say i'm going to california and as if it's this small little place that they're going, the whole state is kind of a a big tourist, not a mecca, but not not like Vegas, but it's there's so much to do there that is a big tourist draw from San Fran to LA, San Diego, the great weather, everything in between. So there you go. My number seven, super touristy. This could have been, all of these can kind of, this list is very fluid, right? These are kind of all mishmashed in here. Mine is Cancun, Mexico. Talk about Mm. touristy, right? I mean, no one goes to Cancun to actually like independent travel to Cancun. Is that even possible? Like, could you feasibly independently travel to Cancun? I don't know. It's all the resorts and all inclusives and everything like that. Actually, me and Heather did our honeymoon right below Cancun and Riviera Maya. So I'm lumping that all in together. And I was so against it when she came up with the idea, like, let's do an all inclusive. And I thought, no way. Like, my honeymoon's going to be backpacking around Europe or something cool like that. And then we realized that we were moving to Japan like three weeks after we got married. And I thought, well, a two-week backpacking trip around Europe after the wedding, and then one week later going to move for two years to a whole other country. Eh, maybe we should take it easy and go to Cancun. Dude, it blew away my wildest expectations. Like I thought it would be cool. It was really fun. And if you go to the right resorts, you know they're all inclusive. The food was really good at ours. Obviously, the drinks were totally free, and we even did some. We did get out and go to Chichen Itza, which was really cool on a on a very touristy thing where they all piled us onto a bus, and you know we stopped at a little <laughs> store and buy these trinkets. No, okay, well <laughs> go to lunch, you know, and and all this stuff. So we did that. It was so super touristy, but it was cool. You know, we talked about traveling, and you touched on cruises in the super touristy episode we did before. You know, all inclusives are kind of that same way, except you're staying in one place. I wouldn't do it all the time. I don't think that's the way I'd want to travel, you know, if that was my only vacation, but it has its place and I really enjoyed it. And I think it'd be really cool to go with a group of people because then all the activities they offer you could do with a group of people as opposed to, you know, it's just me and Heather and, you know, we couldn't really play water volleyball one on one, right? We'd have a group of people. So I always thought that would be really neat to do with two or three or four groups of couples. I think that would be cool. Yeah, uh, Cancun, Trav, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned it because it was actually at my number seven originally, and I thought about even putting it in the honorable mention, but I just took it off the list completely. I don't know why. I should have left it on there because it deservedly, it ends up 
on the list, I think. it's. Uh, I lived there for a month, actually. I worked there for a month. I did Chichen Itza. The beaches were beautiful. We got to go downtown in Cancun. And even downtown Cancun, you don't feel like you're in a touristy place. You're, you're downtown. So it's not the greatest, most beautiful downtown in the world. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's Cancun, Mexico. There's spring break going on. It's I'm hoping I'm hoping everything I mentioned that you've worked there that would be really cool that would be a nice way to tie <laughs> this whole episode together. So so far Disney World and in Cancun, two for two, my yeah. friend. I'm starting to sound pedantic rather than touristy. Let's go into number six, which is ah, this place. This is a special place, and it's a place that a lot of people say, especially younger backpackers, will say when they're heading off to Europe. I'm totally going here, and we all know why. Amsterdam. It has to make the list. I've never been, so it has to make the list on your list. That's so touristy. <laughs> Amsterdam as a city is, it's really beautiful. And yeah, a lot of people maybe will go to party or sample the coffee shops. And I'm not going to say I didn't do some of the things that Amsterdam's known for. But, you know, when in Amsterdam, do as the Amsterdamians do sure. I don't I don't know but no you've got the Heineken brewery you've got the Van Gogh museum Van Gogh museum Van Gogh however they pronounce it Van Gogh to see his paintings up close and how much paint is actually lathered on there to the point it's like sometimes it's almost like inches off the canvas it's incredible city to explore and a great place just to go visit and if you want to do a city vacation Amsterdam at number six that's one of the places I haven't been that I'm dying to get to. We we were supposed to go on our last European swing and, and it didn't work. The, we got an email the day of that we were supposed to get on the bus literally four hours later. And they're like, oh, sorry, the bus is not going from Berlin to Amsterdam. It broke down. Hope you find your own way somewhere else. So that was a bit of a bummer. But I'm going to stay in Europe for my number six. This is the most touristed city in the world. So you can probably guess what this is, and that is Paris. And I have a love-hate relationship with Paris. It basically breaks down like this. I hate Paris because it's expensive, crowded, dirty, hard to bike through, basically anything that happens through the day. And I love Paris at night. It's stunning. Throughout the day, I'm like, why are we here? This sucks. Now there, I, I love you know when you find those pockets of relaxation in Paris, like and there are them. You know, Sacré Cœur, I love. So there is parts of Paris I love during the day, but at night, no matter how angry I am at that city, I can't help but think this is stunning. It's so beautiful at night, and it's Paris. It's super touristy. So doing all the things like the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower, everything that people know to do. You know, it's very, very touristy. There's a lot of crowds, but it's so cool. I mean, that stuff's cool. Walking up to the top of the Eiffel Tower is cool because it's beautiful and, and you get to look over the entire city. So Paris overall, super touristy, but I can't say I hate it. I just can't because I remember mm -hmm. sitting there looking at the Eiffel Tower at night, drinking a bottle of wine with Heather at a park and having a baguette and thinking, this is awesome. This is why people love Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Did you lose your wallet in Paris? I did. And even that was enough to make me hate Paris. I hated it at the moment. But then that night, I just thought, man, this is this is probably the most beautiful place I've ever been at night. So if you can lose your wallet in a place, which is the ultimate stressful thing that can happen to a traveler. I mean, you're talking about all your credit cards, your cash. It's just basically a complete disaster and still not get sour on the place. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, having six. to deal with the French police officers, never, ever fun. They're all making fun of you because you can't speak French. And then I had to fill out all this paperwork. And at the end, I said, well, are you going to call me if you find it? And the guy said, no, we won't find it. <laughs> it's not going to be found. It's gone. I'm like, you just made me literally <laughs> fill out paperwork for 45 minutes. What are you going to do with it? I It was literally just to, to mock me. So Then you went and ordered a side order of Freedom Fries down the road <laughs> at the... <laughs> so Paris, super touristy, but it's it's awesome. Parts of it are so awesome that it, it supersedes the parts that I absolutely hate of Paris. I love their toast, too. 
Number five there. Sorry, that was a bad French toast joke. Number five, moving into... So bad, I didn't even understand. I just let it go. I had no comment. (laughs) Moving... Anytime you have to explain a joke, Trav, it's not good. Number five on our most touristy and most awesome list for me is Pura Vida, man. Costa Rica. Have you been? Never been. It's a wonderful, lush country filled with beautiful beaches in Central America, Costa Rica, obviously. It's a place where I think a lot of Americans will travel because, I don't know, it seems that it's got more of a, I guess, safer sort of feeling. A lot of people go there and it's pretty well It's super close for us. Like It's close. It's not as cheap as other places in Central America in terms of you know how much money you'll spend and, and everything like that. But it's absolutely beautiful. The beaches are totally amazing. You can do things like, you know, whitewater rafting. I, I sat in a hot spring and watched a, a volcano, like lava coming down a volcano. While I was chilling in a hot spring outside of one town. There's just so much to do from the outdoors stuff to just relaxing stuff. If you're more of like, hey, I just want to kick in a hammock and read and went to a town called Montezuma and literally just like spent the week there and, and, read in the hammock and walked down the beach and met some guy that lived in a cave that was called the caveman. And <laughs> Naturally. I, I don't even know. I mean, it's just literally like a waterfall and like horses running down the beach. It's, it's, it's a very cool place. And we got lucky because uh, I met a couple instructors, the guy that ran Outward Bound, which is a very f- sort of known organization that takes people on trips and different adventure trips. And he had like six surfboards and a car and and I wanted to learn how to surf. So they basically let us like jump in their van and we hit like four or five different surf breaks over a period of a few days of these people we like just met and it was pretty awesome. So Costa Rica at number five. Yeah, I feel like Costa Rica is, as you mentioned, kind of the safe place, easy place in Central America. And it's kind of the country that jumped on the tourism bandwagon first, it seems. So a lot of people will go to Costa Rica. They wouldn't ever consider going anywhere else in Central America, but they'll go to Costa Rica. So it is obviously the most touristed place in Central America. I've never been, but I've heard amazing things from people who go. That's a great addition to the list. My number five is Thailand. As far as the country, I love it. I mean, it's probably my favorite country in the world right now. The only reason it's not higher is that it's to us it's very touristy. I actually had someone say to me the other day, I said, Yeah, I'm gonna go for five months to Southeast Asia. We're gonna spend a lot of time in Thailand. And they said, Oh, why Thailand? And this is to be fair, this is a, a really nice lady. She's traveled all over the world. She is a, a travel writer, but she was like, Oh, why Thailand? And I thought, because Thailand rules, and she's like, Yeah, but what about Vietnam? And I thought, well, we want to do that too. So to independent travelers, to long-term travelers, Thailand is starting to get to be too touristy to some people. To me, I don't care. I love Thailand. And I was only there three years ago, so I don't think it will have changed that much. If, If someone went 15 years ago, of course it will have changed. It is much more on the tourist trail now, but it's an awesome country. I mean, from the I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, but from the north up in Chiang Mai, an awesome city in Chiang Rai and all the mountains down to the you know some of the world's most stunning beaches and Koh Phi Phi and Krabi and things like that. I love everything about Thailand. The food, the people, it's cheap. It's easy to get around relatively compared to some of the other countries because there is a tourist infrastructure. So when people ask me, where should I go that is somewhere that's unique and different, if it's someone who's just kind of dipping their toe into the world of international travel, I always Mm -hmm. say go to Thailand because it's a really good buffer between having no tourist infrastructure and having a pretty good tourist infrastructure as well as being like very foreign and exotic to most people. Yeah, I would agree 100% with everything you just said. That's I I don't recommend it to people that much, I guess, but that's those are all great points. I think like the diversity again, it goes back to that from the ruins to the beaches to smaller towns. It's a it's an awesome place. It's a definitely deserves to be on the list. Aren't you going back here in a few months? Yeah, in November. So to to some people, to those people who are afraid to wear the tourist badge, they would say, Thailand, oh, that's so touristy. But some of you are saying you're thinking like, <laughs> Thailand, that's so exotic. And I think that's what's cool about it is, yeah, it, it's a good starting point for a lot of people. So Thailand, my number five. 
Awesome. Number four on my list as we count down the most touristic destinations that are awesome is New York City. New York City, the city that doesn't sleep. And it's, I don't know. I mean, can you call it touristy people? Yeah, they travel from all over the world to go to New York. But for good reason. It's, I don't know of another city that has better food. Uh, somehow it always comes back to food, doesn't it? <laughs> I, why would it come back to anything else? <laughs> I love to eat when I'm traveling, but it's just so much. You can get anything you want in New York at any time of day. There's obviously all the different touristy things that, like you mentioned, obviously, the uh, seeing the Statue of Liberty. There's you know bus tours you can take around town. I mean, it's really easy to just get around and, and do different touristy stuff. But I love just walking around New York City anytime, day or night. You could just walk around for hours and you'll see such a wide range of just different types of people. If you want to get a vibe on what New York's all about, there's a guy I recommend that runs a, a thing through Facebook called Humans of New York. And if you find it, I don't know if you've been on it, Trav. It's, Never been it's on really it. incredible. This guy, Brandon, he's a photographer and he goes around New York City and takes pictures of just people that he meets and he'll like quote them and they'll tell a little story about their life. And sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's inspirational. Sometimes it's just, it's just interesting. It's just, there's so many different types of people and you just get a little insight into these people's lives. So I, I definitely recommend that if you want to get like in touch with the human side of New York city, it's a really cool thing. Humans of New York. You can find it on Facebook. If you're on there, just search for it. It's very popular. It's got like millions of likes, but New York city, Absolutely love it. Love the pizza. Love the anger in a way. It's like friendly anger. Like people are like kind of mean, but like in a super nice way. And almost the meaner they are, the, the nicer that means they're being to you somehow. I don't I don't know. It's uh, some weird it's New a York place, thing. Yeah. It's a place where when you get Us off, nice Philly boys don't understand that. We're just so <laughs> sweet at heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you get off of a, a taxi or a train in New York and you land in New York City, you know there's a certain buzz in the air. There's a certain thing that you just feel like you're somewhere special. And it can only be felt in New York. You cannot get the feeling that you feel like when you step on the streets in New York in any other city in the world. Yeah, I think that it is super touristy. I mean, for us, it's a little different because we live so close to it. But you know, all my friends who come through want to go to New York City. We take them there. I actually think New York City is perfect for tourists. I love doing... I would never want to live in New York City, but I love doing two or three days here because there is so much to do from the super ultra touristy stuff like Statue of Liberty to, like you mentioned, just walking around and eating and enjoying happy hours, which of course, as everyone knows, I love happy hours. And and just you know walking around and there's live music going on somewhere in a park. And then there's some crazy people doing weird stuff in Central Park, like <laughs> yoga. And well, not that yoga is weird, but they do some weird <laughs> yoga in Central Park. <laughs> and so you just have such a cool mix of, yes, there's so much tourist stuff to do and there's always tourists coming through, but it is actually a living city as well. And that kind of is the same as my number four and also a place with fantastic food. Again, it always comes back to food. My number really four does. is Rome. And Rome is the same way as New York in that there are these amazing things to see. I mean, you know, you walk around, you don't even know what two-thirds of the things are that you're looking at. Everyone knows the Colosseum and, and stuff like that. But there's so many different things to see. But it is a living city. So there's real restaurants and real people and there's people going to work and they're going to let you know about it because they're going to honk at you when you're walking through the street too slow. And so it is, it's got that New York feel to it in that there's so many people there and it's busy and, and fast paced and it's not just for tourists, but there is so much tourist things to do. So I absolutely loved Rome. I, I wasn't sure I would. I've been twice. One time was a really quick day trip and the other time was with Heather for four days. And she kind of felt the same way. She's like, are we going to love Rome? Because you hear mixed reviews. People are like, eh, overrated Rome. And then some people are like, love Rome, my favorite city in the world. I fall in between. It's not my favorite city in the world, but there's so many cool things to do. I mean, you just immerse yourself in the history there. It's absolutely amazing. So very, very touristy. I would assume one of the most touristed cities in the world, just like New York, but still mm -hmm. so freaking awesome. So like, of course, I'm yeah. going to go to Rome. I'm not going to not go to Rome because it's touristy. Get out of here. I'm going to Rome. Yeah. You know what? I 
I'm slapping myself in the face right now. Literally. Can you hear that? I, I'm literally doing it right now. I can see it because too, guys. I, it's, it's, it's harder. Not harder. <laughs> okay. I'll give you one more. I can't believe I left Rome off the list because, I mean, that could be my number one, honestly. I've been to Rome a few different times and it's, you're right. Everything that you said and it being one of the most touristed cities and all of the sites and just the amazing things you can walk around and see, I absolutely love it. I I I want to put it on the list. Can I can I put it on? Throw it in. Yeah, that's your that's your four four no. B or three B. Give us your real three though, because okay, it's on the yeah, list. It's, it's on our comprehensive on yeah. list together. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I totally agree with you. Number three, the Grand Canyon. And if anybody's seen National Lampoon's Vacation, when Chevy Chase pulls up with a car full and his family, he's trying to take a road trip across the U.S. and it's just one thing after the next that happens and it's, it's just a series of misadventures and he just robbed the cash register and he stands at the Grand Canyon. Do you remember the scene? Yes. He bobs his head like three times and he's like, there, we saw it. That's it. And he takes off. It's kind of in a way an analogy of the way some Americans see the Grand Canyon. You know, you go and you can just stand on the edge and look into it. But at the same time, you could do that and spend two minutes but it's well worth it to spend days and hours and plenty of time there to watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, and even hike into the canyon. It's a spectacular natural phenomenon. It's absolutely breathtaking and definitely one of the top places to visit in the U.S. and very touristic for a reason because there's only one Grand Canyon and this is it. You got to see it. Dude, there is the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon, dude. Come on. That's true. In the Delaware Water Gap, right? Yeah, there isn't just Somewhere one there. Grand Canyon. There's <laughs> one actually cool Grand Canyon, the one you're discussing. Yeah. I am not one of those tourists who's ever been there, so can't really speak to mm. it other than the fact that, yeah, it's super touristy, but yeah, I, I, I want to go, right? Like, I mean, I just haven't ever mm. got around to it. One cool thing I will mention if you, I, I, I was lucky because I was able to jump on this for through the work I was doing. But if you want to see, you worked at the Grand Canyon dough, in essence. No, you worked I, at the I, just Grand wanted to, I just wanted to throw that in. I was doing, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it, but I ended up on a helicopter. And when you fly over the Grand Canyon, you are one minute, you're about 80 feet above the ground or maybe 100 feet, maybe a little bit higher or whatever. Maybe you're 300 feet off the ground. And then you go over the lip of the Grand Canyon and you're like thousands of feet off the ground all within a second. So that's a really cool experience. So Grand Canyon at number three. Yeah, if we were all wealthy, we could do that, Jason. Not all of us can afford that. I was a helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah. I was a helicopter pilot. Jason, the man of 15,000 <laughs> jobs. My number three is going to be a, a, the Great Wall of China. And obviously, super touristy. I mean, every single human listening to this podcast knows what the Great Wall of China is. If you don't, you shouldn't be listening to the Travel Podcast. You should be reading the Encyclopedia Britannica or something like that. Great Wall of China, awesome. Now, this comes with a caveat, though. There are some places that are really super touristy. I mean, the Great Wall of China overall is super touristy, right? I mean, you people will fly into Beijing just to go see the Great Wall of China. And it makes sense. Now, there's two main places I knew about before I went. One was called Badaling and one was called Mutanyu. And I'm probably pronouncing it a little wrong, but they're, they're easy to get to. So if you go to a part of the Great Wall of China that's easy to get to, meaning you can take a subway basically from Beijing or it's close to Beijing, obviously it's going to be much more touristed because a lot of people flying to Beijing get out there very quickly, see the great, you know, kind of like you said with the Grand Canyon, see the Great Wall and say, I've been on the Great Wall and then leave. If you can get, and I was lucky enough because I had a friend who lived in Beijing and he had a car, if you can get someone to take you to a different area of the Great Wall, and there's a lot of these around, so you just would, you can ask around or you can Google it or, and sometimes you can even take buses, but find a more remote part of the Great Wall. It is amazing. So I can't speak to like if you go to Badaling and there's literally thousands of tourists on the wall with you or Mutan Yu and you ride the toboggan down the wall, which I hear is actually pretty cool. But if you get to a remote area, we went to an area that actually has signs that say, do not enter the Great Wall here. And you pay like a farmer, like what amounts to like 
five cents and he lets you through his little gate and then you pay an old lady who's just standing there. She's probably 90 years old. She's living in a lean-to and she asks you for more money and then you pay her the equivalent of like five cents, even though she doesn't have a gate. So she probably couldn't stop me, Chase, but come on. It's a nice old lady. I don't know. I've seen you run. She might be able to catch you. That, that's true. And then you get on this area and you are literally some of the only people on the Great Wall. I mean, we have pictures where we are the only people on this huge stretch of the Great Wall. It's fantastic. I know people who go there who then camp on the Great Wall, which is something I want to do next time I go. So find a way to get to the Great Wall of China, a remote place. It will make your experience literally a thousand times better because when you're the only person, the only group of people on this wall and you just look for miles and you see it stretching through all these mountains and hills and you think, man, there's no one around me. It's it's a really cool feeling. I mean, the Great Wall itself is worth seeing. You know, if, if the only way you can get there is to go to Bada Ling or Mutanyu, go for it. But if you can get away from the touristy part, it's going to be, it, it's spectacular. It's one of the That's neatest cool. travel experiences I've ever had. It sounds like, and, and it's it's just as easy as maybe like jumping in a taxi or hiring a car and just asking them to, to take you somewhere else. You definitely could do that. You could hop. I mean, I know people, you can Google it and it'll come up and there'll be places and they'll even give a lot better instructions than I could give here. So just look for that. But you can get taxis to take you anywhere. You know, you could even rent taxis with the people who are staying in Beijing with you if you're at a hostel or something like that. There are buses if you want to like try to really go frugally and figure it out. There was a bus that came to this area that we were at. I have no idea how to get there from Beijing. You Hmm. probably have to transfer like 16 different times. But (laughs) yeah, just Google it. People will tell you, you know, if you put like, how do I get to the great, a more remote part of the Great Wall, you'll be able to figure out some really neat areas. So it's worth the effort, I think. I actually, I don't think it, I know it. It sounds amazing. It's something I'd love to experience. I've heard that you could see the Great Wall of China from outer space, but then I read that that was a myth and that, that that wasn't true. That was just like a like an old wives' tale or something. Well, I would think it's a myth, right? Because think about it. It's not really that wide. And the wideness would be what you're looking for from space. So there are super highways that are wider than the Great Wall. So why would you be able to see the Great Wall? In that I, I know. I don't know how that rumor spread, but I just wanted to segue. I wanted to use that as a segue for uh, speaking of space. My number two is I worked for Richard Branson just a few years ago, and I was on a Virgin Atlantic flight. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Wait, you probably also worked for Segway, the company building those awesome things that we talked about in our other touristy but awesome list. (laughs) Right? Exactly. You're the founder of Segway, the thing that, the it that's going to revolutionize the world. That's you. A man can dream, Trav. A man can dream. No, it's funny because I'll just tease out my last two and I'm only going to go into number two right now, but the Great Walls in the same category in the sense that it's it's like a it's like a very epic very famous ancient ruin and i love ancient ruins and that's where my top 2 are going so my number 2 is angkor wat ooh okay angkor wat in cambodia i don't know is this qualify as touristy i mean cambodia is it's on my list as well so i'm just okay. going to i'll piggyback on this and this is my number yeah. 2 as well so we'll talk about it together I think it does count as touristy. Well, it's on both our lists. Of course it counts. We're the end on be all when it comes to travel knowledge. (laughs) So of course it counts. (laughs) Cambodia is not that touristy, but it is it is becoming much, much more popular to the point that I have seen Facebook statuses of friends of mine who aren't like super travelers that have been to Angkor Wat. I think that classifies it as as touristy in our book. It's interesting because I'm sitting across from my wife who's been harassing me this entire podcast and she was just shaking her head no, like, no, that's not touristy. I think... It, it's a tough one. It's the least touristy thing on my list. I will say that. I think it's the least touristy thing on your list yeah. as well. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, either way, it's on the list, and this is why we have these lists, right? You can debate it till your face turns blue, but Angkor Wat, absolutely spectacular and very easy and very accessible to to go to if you can get to that part of the world. And it's a great city nearby, and you can just rent a bike and ride to the ruins, or you can rent a tuk-tuk, which is like a little motorcycle with an open-air sort of mini cab in the back that you can sit in and and you can feel the wind in your hair and they'll take you to all the temples and you really need about three days to explore Angkor Wat but yeah number two Angkor Wat and that's that's your number two as well so 
Yeah, it's my number two for the simple fact that anytime I can squeeze into a podcast, I will because I want to talk about two things. One, how absolutely fantastic it is. It's the coolest historical monument kind of, I guess, tourist destination thing I've ever been to in my life. Like it is the best thing I've been to. And so I want to squeeze that in and say, guys, go if you can. And the second part is then go if you can while it is still not as touristy as some of these other places. Because as you mentioned, it's fairly accessible. And as people expand their horizons out and think about going to different areas other than I'm going to just go to Western Europe, you know, Angkor Wat is a place that they go to and it's very easy to fly into. You mentioned Siem Reap is also a cool town. We actually did a post of the top 10 things to do in Siem Reap. So we'll link that in the show notes and you guys can can check that out. And as far as you mentioned, a really cool thing, just a plug for a guy that I met there named Bunthi, who was our driver. We rented Bunthi as a driver. It was like $25 a day. He drove us around all the ruins. Not a tuk-tuk, an actual like nice Toyota Camry, nicer than the car I have at home. So if you want to do it in style a little bit, if you want to be a real tourist and pay for the upgrade... Pamper ha- yourself. <laughs> pamper myself. Hang out with Bunthi. <laughs> He's fantastic. I would say there's probably 25 people that have emailed me since I've written that post saying they've used him and they're like, everyone says he's fantastic. So if you are going, give Bunthi some love. The guy's the guy's fantastic. He's like a tour. He's like a built-in tour guide too. And he'll tell you like all this stuff about Cambodia's history, which is sad, but really interesting to learn at the same time. And Angkor Wat is just fantastic. So I tell people like, get there soon. It's it's starting to blow up. The fact that it's on our list means it is a tourist destination. Again, we're the, mm-hmm. dude, we're the professionals here. We get to decide <laughs> what we? is this. Well, so, so Angkor Wat will become more and more popular because you can still do everything. You can run along the ruins. You can climb to the tops of them. They let you do whatever you want, unlike most of these other places. So get to Angkor Wat as soon as you can, right, man? Yeah, it's highly I'm worried. Are you worried that... I, I'm, I'm a bit worried that it's going to get closed off like Chichen Itza kind of is and you can't go up to the top of the temples as obviously more tourists go there they have to take yeah you know ways to make sure ensure that it to, yeah yeah it needs to be preserved and yeah i feel you on that i think it's going to be a lot less accessible in the future so if it's on your list don't put it off and if it's not on your list google it up and check it out i guess the most famous movie it's been in was tomb raider that angelina right. jolie movie a lot of people know from that but there's it's a spectacular place it's a magical place and definitely a place that obviously we both recommend highly yeah. i got to get into number 1 now which is another epic ruin i'm sorry and i i had to go there but machu picchu in oh, Peru. So jealous. That's so touristy, but so awesome. <laughs> it's the Incan ruins in Peru. They're so well preserved. And when you get on the Inca Trail, you can actually, you don't have to hike in. You can hike. It's like a multi-day hike, four-day hike. I'm doing a trekking week, series of trekking week. And uh, I was just talking to my wife and she did something that was different from the Inca Trail uh, called the Lara, Lara Trail, I think. Laris, Lare Trail, L-A-R-E, I believe it was. And that was a sort of an alternative to the Inca Trail. But you can also take the Inca Trail, which is the four-day hiking trip that leads you to Machu Picchu. But also it's accessible if you don't want to hike or, or you can't hike for whatever reason. Physically, you can take a train into uh, Machu Picchu and, and go see the ruins that way. But it's it's absolutely spectacular. Definitely something to, to put on the life list. It's... um. I really can't put it into words, Trav. I mean, I have a slight obsession with the Indiana Jones fantasy. I grew up loving Indiana Jones. I love to travel. And when I'm traveling, I go into my head and think I'm Indiana Jones, I think. And there's no other place in the world, I would say, besides Angkor Wat, where I got this feeling where you come out and you're overlooking, as the sun's rising, these ancient ruins, and you feel like you're wearing the Indiana Jones hat, you know, like you got the whip and... You just feel like, man, this is this is this is so awesome. This is an adventure. This is this is just spectacular. So yeah, Machu Picchu. It's like nowhere else on earth. And so is Angkor Wat, yeah. and that's why they're spectacular. Now I haven't been to Machu Picchu. Do you get the same feeling with Machu Picchu that I was kind of talking about with Angkor Wat? Because I think I you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would guess that Machu Picchu has more tourists per year than Angkor Wat, but it seems like they might be on the same 
kind of path where obviously more people are traveling, which is awesome, but more people are then going to these areas. And do you get the feeling that it, it, it could ruin it or that people should get there sooner rather than later? Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, f- I feel like I always get that feeling because there's just more people and more people traveling and everything like that. But I know what you mean. And to be fair, to be transparent, it's been years since I've been there. I mean, I, I went probably tw- uh, 12 or 13 years ago at this point. So I'm sure it's changed a lot in the sense of how many people are going and, and how crowded it is and all that type of stuff. But yes, I've heard things where they, that you won't be able to walk on the ruins anymore, or you won't be able to explore them to a certain extent because they need to preserve it and everything. And that's obviously important stuff to preserve it for future generations. So always a tough debate, but if you can get there and enjoy it now, sooner the better. Yeah, and maybe it's just one of those things of, you know, we're getting older and we're like, oh, this is going to get, you know, how the old people are always like, oh, in my day, you could do this <laughs> yeah, and that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we're getting that way a little bit. I don't know. But I do know with Angkor Wat and Machu Picchu and ruins like that where they are so accessible and you can do so much on them, you know, get there before they kind of might put on some restrictions. Whereas like, you know, going to Paris is not really going to go change. Going to Rome That's is true. probably not going to change. Things like yeah. that. They That's have a good had, point. Yeah. They've had tourists it's, come through forever, right? They they, they yeah. kind of know what what's going to happen, what you can do, and what you can't do. You're um, you're right. It's something special. That's it's and it's different. You're absolutely right. So I 100 agree. My number one, the more the merrier for this is going to Munich during Oktoberfest, mm. the Oktoberfest festival. Have you been? Not for Oktoberfest, but I would I would love to go. I can't wait to hear this story. <laughs> well, it's just. There are a few things I've done in my life where I had really, really high expectations for that have blown them away. And Munich during Oktoberfest was one. I obviously thought, hey, this is going to be awesome. But it was so much more awesome than I even imagined. And it's just because of the vibe and the feel of the people. Like, yes, you drink great beer. Yes, there's awesome food. Yes, there's great live music. But it's just that everyone is having such a good time. There's not people fighting. It's not like uh, getting drunk and belligerent. It's like drinking and being so happy about life and standing on the tables and cheersing and buying other people beers. And and I mean, we're talking millions of people doing this. So it is a huge, huge party and super touristy, obviously. you know. Now, a lot of locals will be there as well, but everyone says, if you want to go to the real Oktoberfest, don't go to Munich, go to Frankfurt. Like, there's other places I forget the one that everyone tells me to go to that's the most authentic Oktoberfest but I don't care I don't care like to me I'm around Germans a lot of Italians go obviously there's Americans there's people from all over the world that was the fun part besides the you know 11 liters of beer that I consumed in one day also the fun part and like the six roast chickens that I ate to make sure my stomach was perfectly coated to drink that beer <laughs> it's it's just so much fun man and people are dressed up in the drindles and the lederhosen and it's a really good mesh of like, yes, this is touristy. Yes, this is like Disney World for adults, but it's so much fun. So Disney World sneaking oh. its way back into our podcast. Um, <laughs> Maybe if we put Disney World in the show, like when we publish the show, it'll show up somehow. And we'll yeah, everyone actually will get download it. All those other 900,000 yeah. Disney episodes. Man, that's so touristy. But I got to say, I would absolutely die for a chance to go to Oktoberfest. And you know what? Looking back at this list, I know we're about to wrap this up here. It's funny because sometimes you hear travelers, you know, you'll cross these travelers or cross paths with them at some point. And I've heard people say literally like, oh, are you going to Machu Picchu? You're you're right in the neighborhood. You're in Cusco or something at a hostel. I'm like, no, nah, man, that's too touristy. I don't want to go there. I mean, come on. I like, yep. Are you... I mean, I heard that about the Taj Mahal. People were like, no, I'm not going to go to Taj Mahal. It's too touristy. It's too expensive. I'm like, well, why are you sitting in basically the armpit of the world of Agra, India, if you're not going to go to Taj Mahal? And that's mind blowing and unbelievable. It's almost like you're not even being real or something. Come on. Yeah, come on, folks. Be tourist nerds like me and Jace. You know, there's nothing (laughs) bad with saying you're doing touristy stuff. All the things we listed, touristy for a reason, because they rule. Angkor Wat rules. Machu Picchu rules. Oktoberfest rules. 
Go to these places, folks. Do these things. I let's just give these guys a brief recap. We'll we'll sum it all up so that you know we've we've talked for a while here. But read your list out, and then I'll read mine just to give you a recap, and hopefully it spurs some wanderlust off in your brain of like I can't wait to go to this place. Number seven, California. Number six, Amsterdam. Number five. Costa Rica, Pura Vida, man. Number four, New York City. Number three, Grand Canyon. Number two, Angkor Wat, Cambodia. And number one, Machu Picchu in Peru. Yeah. And I'll give my honorable mention, Santiago de Compostela, Bali, Statue of Liberty slash Ellis Island in New York. And then my list went Cancun, Mexico, Paris, number five, Thailand, number four, Rome, number three, Great Wall of China. If you can do it in the non-touristy section, though, do it that way. Number two, Angkor Wat in Cambodia, number one, Munich during Oktoberfest. There you have it. We're total tourists, dude. <laughs> totally. So Totally rad, man. Nothing wrong with being a lame tourist like Jason, guys. It's okay. Again, these places are touristy for a reason. Let us know the tourist destinations you've been to that you've loved. You don't care that they're touristy. You don't care that people are saying, oh, yeah, you're going there. You're o- I hear this. You're only going there. Dude, come on. I'm going to this awesome place. Let us know. ExtrapackofPeanuts.com slash touristy, T-O-U-R-I-S-T-Y. Leave a comment or, of course, send us your tweets at Pack of Peanuts. Let us know some tourist destinations that you absolutely love and that you are not afraid to go to and brand yourself as a tourist. Mm, It's a label you have to wear proudly. Wear it proudly, guys. Also, we really appreciate all the support you know, all the listeners, every single one of you have helped to make it the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. So we thank you so much for the support. We thank you for the iTunes reviews. We thank you for all the emails that we've been getting recently about telling us. Uh, we just got a fantastic one with six different ideas for shows from one of the listeners. So keep those coming in. We're always looking for new topics. Trav at extrapackofpeanuts.com or tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Jace, send them off. Until tomorrow, happy free travels. That's right. Tomorrow, we're uh, still beyond podcast gluttony, keeping it going. That's right, guys. So happy free travels. Cheers. Bye-bye.